This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. Young people are increasingly realizing the truth about abortion. Pro-life groups, such as Students for Life of America, are establishing themselves in college campuses across the country. They deliver the pro-life message with displays, cemeteries of the innocent, pamphlets and brochures, meetings, speakers, and discussion groups. The pro-abortion forces are taking note, and rather than engaging in reasoned debate, They often resort to stealing notices, vandalizing sites, destroying displays, threats, intimidation, and even violence. These incidents are on the increase, but the pro-life students persevere. Reagan Barklage, Western Regional Director for Students for Life of America, is my guest on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. The Missouri State Supreme Court will issue a major decision this summer, which will have a major impact on the personal privacy of students in the state's public schools. The state's high court's ruling in this landmark case will determine whether students have the right to access the restrooms, locker rooms, and showers of the opposite sex. The case involves an 18-year-old female student in the Blue Springs School District who imagines herself to be a boy. School district officials have allowed the girl to participate in boys' sports and physical education classes, but have denied her demands to use the boys' restrooms and locker rooms in the middle and high schools. A coalition of pro-life organizations sent a letter to the Trump administration Tuesday asking that Planned Parenthood be removed from the network of family planning providers that receive federal grants. More than 85 groups sent the letter, which was addressed to the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Alex Azar, asking him to reinstate a short-lived regulation implemented under President Reagan that prevented abortion providers from accessing federal Title X grants. Planned Parenthood, which receives $50 million to $60 million of the Title X program's total of $286 million in funding, this according to pro-life groups, pushed back on the notion that the rule change would affect abortion providers exclusively, arguing that the new regulation would likely prevent Title X recipients from even discussing abortion with patients. The fate of a new pregnancy center remains uncertain after the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, blocked the measure Friday, allowing it to open. The Federalist reports that South Bend's mayor vetoed the city council's vote to allow the Women's Care Center to open next door to a proposed abortion facility. The mayor cited abortion activist concerns about protests in a letter explaining his veto decision. A federal appeals court has refused to remove the judge who blocked more videos exposing Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry's sales of aborted baby parts from overseeing the case the abortion business have filed against David DeLayden. He's the one who exposed them in the first place. The appeals court made the decision despite the fact that the judge in the case has ties to Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. The Boy Scouts of America, founded in 1910, is no more. The organization will begin allowing girls into the program next year, and so it's dropped the word boy from its name and will now be known as Scouts BSA. The name change was thought to be a welcoming sign to girls. 
Archaeologists in Syria have discovered the remains of a secret church that may date back to the first centuries of Christianity. It was hiding in plain sight in a territory held by ISIS for more than two years. It's thought that the ancient tunnel once served as a refuge for Christians who faced persecution during the Roman Empire. World Liquor News Digest will be back right after these messages. Listening to Worldwide KFUO on the go with your smartphone doesn't mean you have to walk around with earbuds all day. You can Bluetooth across the room to a speaker system in your home or listen on radios that have built-in smartphone cradles. There are many easy ways to listen to WorldwideKFUO.org on the air, online, and on demand. We proclaim the clear gospel message of Christ crucified for our sins. The messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO. If you have a question or comment for us at Worldwide KFUO, it's easy to contact us on our website, kfuoam.org. On our homepage, click on Contact Us, where you'll find a map and directions to the station, our telephone numbers, and an online contact form. You can also send an email to our in-studio account, kfuo at kfuo.org. We'd be happy to hear from you today. Thanks for listening to Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. Hi, I'm Pastor Ted Lesh, pastor at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church in North St. Louis County, inviting you to listen to our KFUO radio worship broadcasts on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. Active worship, preaching, music, and singing are part of every one of our services at Chapel. Join us Sunday nights at 6. It's one more broadcast worship opportunity for you from your friends at Chapel of the Cross and KFUO Radio. This is World Lutheran News Digest. This is Lutheran News. I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. My guest today is Reagan Barkledge, who's the Western Regional Director for Students for Life of America. Reagan, can you tell me a bit about yourself and about Students for Life? Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me. First of all, really appreciate it. I am the Western Regional Director for Students for Life of America. We are the largest pro-life student organization in the country. We're on over 1,300 campuses, all the way from middle schools up to men and law schools. Um, So we are really excited about the pro-life generation and how they're taking a stance for their life on their campus. And, you know, I got involved with Students for Life when I was in college. I actually founded Mizzou Students for Life when I was in school. And, you know, God just led me into the pro-life movement full time. And here I am. Well, it seems that there's a lot more uh, young people being involved in the pro-life music every in the pro-life movement every year. But they're getting some pushback. We're seeing here a number of reports where there have been everything from vandalism to uh, outright threats. I mean, uh, I'm looking at some statistics here. Uh, College of New Jersey, uh, they watched uh, there was a uh, uh, cemetery of the innocents display that was sanctioned by the uh, by the by the campus, 
and pro-abortion people destroyed it six times in one day. And that's just one uh, one of the many, many incidents that we're looking at. We're seeing uh, acts of violence at Miami University of Ohio, University of Texas, San Antonio, one, uh, in Canada. There was uh, an anti-abortion activist made a false claim to police. A uh, 15-year-old pro-life demonstrator was punched in the face. That one's on video. I've seen that one. And we've also seen pro-life demonstrations and pro-life displays being destroyed at University of Florida, Kennesaw Mountain, uh, Kennesaw State University, Northern Kentucky University, and here in the St. Louis area, St. Louis University, and I'm ashamed to say my alma mater, Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville. What is going on here? I know it's so disappointing to see, especially all the hard work our students put into these displays and, you know, any event that they do on campus, we we see pushback. Even simple things like pro-life groups not being able to laminate their papers to or their flyers hang up in the hallways, but other groups are. And it's just really frustrating to see how the other side is stooping to this level um, to push back instead of, you know, we're all about wanting to have a conversation with people and you know we're open to hearing their side of the story but vandalism is just not the answer and it's extremely disappointing to see how they're acting out well one thing i've noticed is there are a lot of videos now appearing on uh, the internet and i know your site uh, the uh, students for life of america have also uh, posted some as well and some of the comments and some of the actions of these people, I just find appalling. Uh, for example, at the uh, College of New Jersey, the students, the other side, they were just ripping up the flags that were posted mm-hmm. there. They're supposed to represent the uh, the unborn who were murdered. And some of the comments were, well, those are just some cells that got flushed out. Or, oh, well, they're traumatic to women who had abortions. Well, <laughs> abortions are traumatic. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. And they seem so nonchalant and, dare I say, entitled and self-righteous in what they are doing. I don't see any any intent there for them to have a dialogue. They're trying to delegitimize any opposing point of view. Yeah, yeah, they're just, I feel like they're reaching this point where they have nothing else to do but to lash out in this, you know, horrible way. And then it, what's frustrating, too, is not only do they act out and they vandalize these displays or, you know, disrupt events that pro-lifers are doing, but then we don't see any help from the campus um, administration. So, within, for instance, with uh, Southern Illinois University Edwardsville, you know, they reported that to the campus police and still to this day they have no word on who did it or, you know, giving them money back for their display that was damaged um you know they didn't do anything to protect the student group even though they are campus recognized well i think there's been a couple of uh of victories i won't call them victories but at least uh some encouragement i think uh for example at the uh at the uh college of new the uh, college in new jersey i think there was a uh that where they actually had videos, and some of the students who had, had uh, damaged the displays were identified. And I believe that the Student for Life people met with some of the administrators there, and they said that they will, quote, investigate it, unquote, and will be handling it through the student code of conduct. So that's one thing that might have some some effects. We're keeping an eye on it here, hopefully, that there uh, will be some kind of response, and we can follow through on that. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And with uh, St. Louis University, the president of the school did come out and send an email to the student body and say, you know, this is not how we act as students of SLU. You know, I would hope that you would be more respectful in the future. Um, so, I mean, sometimes there's nothing you can do, <laughs> but to acknowledge it, I, you know, as at least something. Um, and definitely appreciated by the pro-life students. Well, one area I saw that was, a, I think, was a really strong victory uh, was there was a professor at Fresno State, and there were some pro-life students who had had permission from the university to chalk some pro-life messages onto the sidewalk. Uh, this professor went out, uh, screamed at them that uh, they that this had to be done if they were going to do it at all it had to be done over on a free speech area which the which was completely untrue and then not only he but he sent some students out and they smudged out all of the messages there claiming that it was their free speech to silence the other students free speech even though they didn't have permission to do that the good news was is that the uh, local student group there sued and the professor who was involved in this thing wound up having to pay, I think it was $17,000, and then take an education course in what the First Amendment means. <laughs> yeah, he had to take an anger management course, <laughs> too, which was, a, which was a good little punishment for him there. Um, yeah, that was a big case, and we were just so proud of the Fresno State Group for recording that and you know standing up for their First Amendment rights. It was a public university. They had every right to chalk on that campus. And the fact that the professor had students come out to erase it was just ridiculous. So that was a huge victory for us. And it was good for the other side and even people that aren't super involved in the pro-life movement to see what we're facing and how we are constantly being discriminated against. Um, just for being pro-life. Would you make? Uh, would you advise, for example, anytime there's a pro-life demonstration or display on campus, that somebody be there, being with an iPhone or with a camera, who can tape and film these things as they happen? Because it's it's so much of it's going on, and uh, it needs to be documented, and the people doing this need to be identified and then suffer the consequences. Oh, absolutely. And they have every right to record um, when someone is vandalizing or disrupting, you know, their events. So, yes, (laughs) that's like the biggest thing we tell our students is make sure you're recording. So something does happen. We can um, have that on file. And especially if it comes to the, you know, comes to suing someone, (laughs) it's definitely good to have that documentation. Well, not just that. I mean, there, is, there are two avenues, I think, that most students can go through if their displays are uh, vandalized or if they are threatened. I mean, they can go, first of all, through the university, and most universities will have some kind of an investigation, or at least they're supposed to. Or they can actually go to law enforcement and say, I've been threatened or my property was destroyed. I want to file a report. Yes. And, and it's good, too, for them to see... You know, or for, to show the other side or just for their own protection for campus security or to prove it to the school. Um, yeah, absolutely. And we're definitely seeing the, you know, being threatened all the time. Um, Kristen Hawkins, our president of Students for Life, was actually threatened by Antifa and they stalked her at a recent speaking event in California. And they had to bring in security and have guard dogs come in. So it, <laughs> it's just getting pretty 
intense. Um, it's getting horrified. Environment. Yeah. When you do have these uh, this evidence, when you do have the video evidence, are you making good use of social media or uh, the mainstream press in in getting the this information out? Absolutely. Um, social media is big for us, especially with the Fresno State situation. You know, obviously, not all the media is on our side, so it's fortunate. You know, unfortunately, we have mainstream media most of the time ignore it, but we do have good conservative outlets that'll pick it up and. We'll publish it, and Fox News just did a piece on Fresno State a couple days ago. So we definitely appreciate when we get the media coverage that we do. And the lesson being for the pro-life groups there is do reach out to these groups. They may not help, but on the other hand, you can never tell. And, of course, there's always social media. Mm-hmm. Yes. Another thing I wanted to bring up is there are outside organizations that do help in this case. For example, there's uh, Alliance Defending Freedom. There is, uh, I think, uh, the Thomas More Society, Beckett uh, Law. Uh, we're, we're thinking of uh, uh, there's a group called FIRE. Do you work with these people as well? Yes, and those um, those are great organizations that we work with You know, when our students do have First Amendment you know, discrimination. So we're so grateful for those organizations that, you know, are willing to pick up these cases and have just been very well trained. I mean, this is something that's not uncommon. So they do this kind of stuff all the time. And to have, you know, their expertise is definitely appreciated. And they've helped us all the time as well when it comes to especially public high school groups not being able to be recognized through the school. We see, you know, a lot of times delays with pro-life groups being approved um, through their university or their high school or just not receiving the same perks. I'm sure you saw our big pro-life walkout day a few weeks ago where Brandon Gillespie out of, you know, California, he wasn't given the same perks as the walkout for walk for their or the walkout for against gun gun rights. So yeah, I followed that one. The school said that uh, they couldn't support the pro-life one because it was political, whereas the gun control one was not. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> not really sure how that is true, but <laughs> well, one thing um, also that high school students don't have have quite the same liberty under law as college students do college students are legally adults where most high school students are not and i believe that the the courts have ruled consistently at least on public uh, universities that free speech means exactly that free speech it can't be restricted to one particular area or zone people have the right to speak their mind and i think it's very important that people on our side the pro-life side are aware that they do have that absolute right and that they should stand up and defend that right if we don't we're going to lose it mm-hmm. yeah and for just for students to you know know that if they see another group being treated in a different way they are being discriminated against especially on a public university and you know sometimes administration is just you know there can be intimidating and say you know sorry that's not allowed and students will be respectful of that and just not take advantage of their rights, which is really sad. So, you know, I always ask students to ask their administration, where does it say that in the student handbook where I can't do that? Because I saw, you know, college Democrats or the LGBTQ group 
doing this just the other day where they were chalking in this area or they were tabling in this area or flyering. And they have picture evidence as well. The, that gun. Well, the other thing I notice is that the, uh, at least I'm not seeing many reports, if any, on them, is that when the LBGT group or the uh, Young Democrats or any of those groups or the even uh, or pro-Planned Parenthood groups do go around putting out flyers and putting out displays, they're not vandalized or taken down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or the administration will step in right away and help them. <laughs> but I've never seen anything vandalized. No. At least our students haven't done that. <laughs> well, I'm not seeing any reports of it. Uh, it's always on the other side. The other yeah. thing I find that's uh, quite frightening is the uh, there's a lot of physical inten- intimidation going on as well. How do you defend against that? You know, we see this a lot um, on social media, especially. I can just say, it's, for instance, University of Missouri, the group that I found in Missouri Students for Life, there's this one adult that just constantly is saying horrible things on their social media posts. We've seen, and I can't give you a specific example because this happens quite frequently, but where people will say, well, I hope you get raped. So then you have to choose, you know, what would you choose then? This is like horrible things like that where it's like, if you just don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And we're just here to have a conversation <laughs> about, abortion and um, we're not here to just take on these threats and it's just really sad that students get that backlash and it's just really sad to see especially when they're high school students you know they shouldn't have to be exposed to that sort of behavior no they shouldn't but they are you know this being a rough world as it is i think with social media when someone says something horrible like gee i hope you got raped at least report them to the uh, to the social media carrier, mm-hmm. uh, which may or may not do anything, but at least you're doing something. If they say, well, I'm going to go out and kill you for that, then you turn it into the police. And I yeah. know that personally, I, I draw the line when someone touches me. You know, I don't care what they say to my face, but they touch me, there's going to be trouble. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So maybe this is something that needs to be done. You know, I hate to say, you know, do you need goon squads there to help protect your property? But I like the idea of, of documenting this thing and definitely follow through as a, you know, as a uh, former community organizer once advised that you know, when they punch us, you punch back twice as hard. And the idea being that we can do it legally. Yeah, and I think it's wise for pro-life student groups to just let campus security know so they can keep an eye on whatever event or display is going on. So, you know, just walking by every 30 minutes or driving by, um, you know, for students, just for their own protection and just be aware. And most of the time, campuses will do that, um, hopefully. And if not, like students, you know, we say have at least two students there at all times be prepared to record. So they are trained. Um, and we try our best to also train them in their First Amendment rights so they know when they're being discriminated against. Sometimes they just might not acknowledge that that's what's truly happening. They just accept it and move on. Could you say a little bit about the role that uh, Students for Life of America have to play in this thing? What resources do you have available for people who want to promote the pro-life cause on campus? And how can they get in touch with you? Oh, that's great. Yeah, so we have, you know, like I said, over 1,300 groups across the country. And we strive, you know, to provide these pro-life student leaders 
with the materials they need to be as successful as they possibly can on college campuses. So we do that by or at high school or middle school campuses as well. Um, by providing them with training and materials and resources, we have conferences and different events that we host with students. We also take students to protest or pray outside of Planned Parenthood or another abortion facilities. We meet with them to just build up their group and make sure that they're well established. And when they do face, you know, discrimination on their First Amendment rights, we connect them to those awesome resources that you did mention uh, previously so they are being protected and just working with them so they are aware of when they may um, face discrimination. Like I said, we start those pro-life groups and we work with the ones that are already established. So if they are starting and we can sense that there might be some sort of delay or discrimination on that student starting the group, then we will work with them to make sure that that doesn't happen again. And Reagan, how can people get in touch with your organization? So they can visit www.studentsforlife.org. Students for Life, all spelled out, dot org. And you also have newsletters, I believe, and uh, all sorts of resources on your site. I've been there a number of times, and I noticed you've got it laid out for, for middle school, high school, for college. I think you've even got one for grad and medical schools. Yes, we do med and law schools, and we have our alumni uh, program. It's for young adults, our pro-life future program. So, yeah, and we have over 20 regional coordinator stations throughout the country uh, to help these students so they are local and can work with these students meet up with them in person or over Skype or the phone um, as well. So, yes. Do you have any uh, events coming up in the near future? So our biggest thing uh, that I we always have events going on as students start to wind down for the summer. It's more of just meeting with them and different little conferences and festivals. But our biggest event is our National Students for Life Conference, which is the day after the March for Life. It's Saturday. In 2019, let me give you the exact date here um, for 2019. That's going to be January 19th, 2019. It's all day. It's pro-life student conference um, right there in Washington, D.C. So if anybody's going to the March for Life, be sure to stick around the next day uh, for our conference. But we Lutherans will be there. We attend every year. My guest has been Rachel Barklidge, who's the Western Regional Director of Students for Life of America. Rachel, thank you so much for being on the program, and thank you so much for the good work that you and your organization are performing. Thank you for having me. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.